Welcome to video game bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author slash writer. Video games, both old and new, are my passion. I recently had a successful Kickstarter for my NES collector's book called The Complete NES, and I'm currently doing a massive overhaul of my original book called Hidden Gaming Gems, uh, creating a new NES game to go with it. I also have tons of projects in the works. My blog is at hagensalley.wordpress.com, and I'm on a lot of forums as a Subcon 3. And we've got Kyle. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Um, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. And we've got Kevin. Greetings, gamers. Kevin Kill here. I am the creator of KVK Box. You can visit at kvkbox.com. It is a YouTube channel that does Let's Plays, Long Plays, Disc Golf, and a lot of different analysis on video games. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. All right. All right, let's do it. <laughs> Episode 28. It's been an interesting uh, interesting time, interesting week. Some craziness. Oh, yeah? Craziness for the Jeffster? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the Hagenmeister? <laughs> yeah, I got, um, I got invited to a gaming convention today. Nice. Is it this year? It's in November, and it's up in Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse. Yeah, cool. it's called Retro Game Con. And yeah, they basically, uh, I guess they also, other guests there are going to be Dr- our buddy Dro Granado and um, Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> and, oh, cool, cool. And me. <laughs> nice. And Jeff. Yeah, so like, Joe, they, though, that's sweet. Basically, they want me to you know, talk about my book and, you know, the, the game that's going along with it and any new projects I have. Um, I'm thinking about doing like NES, like home, like collectors kind of podcast type thing. And covering some homebrew games, and then Joe can like crash it or something. <laughs> yeah, you should get him involved. I think. Yeah. The, well, the other thing that was cool is the guy who's running his name's Patrick Milligan, which I think he did Milligan Games. I think that sounds familiar for some reason. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it might just be Nintendo Age, possibly. But um. Okay. But anyways, like he mentioned, I should also, or I could just do a panel or a second panel or something on how to do a successful Kickstarter successful gaming kickstarter i was like well, you might as well i mean shit you've been through the trenches so yeah you pulled it off i could definitely give hints and tidbits on what to do and what pitfalls to avoid and even lessons learned that i had because you know there's been some craziness and still i'm you know in production and <laughs> making stuff happen so i can ship out everything to baggers you know it's a it's a never-ending story for real <laughs> 
But um, yeah, so let's. Uh, you want to jump into the homework? Fuck yeah! Hell yeah! So as you can see by the episode title, today's episode is Super Ghouls and Ghosts. That's right. <laughs> Freaking classic. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a. It's definitely an amazing Capcom treat. It's part of a trilogy. Um, there's been a, a game afterward, but basically, you know, you ghosts and goblins, then ghouls and ghosts, and then super ghouls and ghosts was basically the third game, even though it plays a lot like ghouls and ghosts, right? Yeah, and I want to throw in, uh, so there's a, a ghouls and ghosts that was released for the super graphics. Yes. Kevin just won a low ball bid on it, didn't you? Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I I picked up one of those for pretty for pretty cheap for once. So, yeah, that was nice. It's the most arcade, I believe, uh accurate console port you can get for retro consoles. Do you have a Super Graphics? <laughs> I'm working on that next. I got the game first. <laughs> so, so you have a nice little uh a nice little collector display piece. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I'm still working on Super Graphics, but I did pick up uh recently I found a you know how there was a turbo booster for the turbo graphics? Yeah, yes, sir. You have the box for it. Yeah, I do, surprisingly. That was a song. But no, I found an RGB booster that our custom made in California guy sells, and they oh, got good fuck. ratings. So you don't have to mod at all. You can just snap it on the back, and then you get RGB out of any turbo graphics or super graphics. So that's nice. what I was worried about trying to find a super graphics that's modded, but I don't need to find a modded one now, so I'll get one a lot faster. Yeah, so that probably works with uh, PC Engine then too, right? I don't think it does because of the shape. Unfortunately, it's only going to be North American Turbo Graphics or Super Graphics. Everybody that's got the PC Engines are not going to be able to benefit from it. But I don't have any PC Engines. I surprisingly just got a bunch of Turbo Graphics, so works for me at least. But yeah, the old Kyle style lowball. Nay, hey, there's yep. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> that's right. Kyle, uh, Kevin listens to the podcast. That's what. That's right. <laughs> That's great news, and it's some incentives. Now you like have to get super graphics. Like, yeah, it's really putting the screws oh, to you, you now. Yeah, putting the screws. But uh, as you guys were saying, that it's kind of like a trilogy. It's a if you want to stretch it, it's a little bit of an anthology. If you want to include the ultimate Ghost and goblins, also. So yeah, I mean that's it's kind of it. I think that's the last one they made too. The last unique one, yeah. Um, they they apparently have two iOS games that got that were released, and they're actually separate new games or something. Oh, and the, okay. yeah, of course the touch controls probably suck, but yeah, <laughs> I think they they are technically spiritual sequels too, which is not a good sign for the mm-hmm. <laughs> for the whole uh, series. <laughs> so, uh, should I paint some pictures here? All right. Uh, Painting the pictures. All right, so Super Ghouls and Ghosts was originally released as Cho Makai Mura, which is Ultra Demon World Village. It's a side-scrolling platform game and produced by Capcom. The composer, because the music's amazing in the game, um, is Mary Yamaguchi. So that's a, it's pretty cool. I don't think we've played any games that Mary Yamaguchi has composed yet, so that would be the first one. And Let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, single player only. Uh, and it was released in the United States in 1991. 
uh, coming out in Europe a year later. Uh, there was a Game Boy Advanced port released in 2002. Uh, it also was released on the Wii Virtual Console in 2007. And internationally on the Wii U Virtual Console in 2013. Hmm. Pretty cool. So you can get it. A mul- you can play the game a multitude of ways. Um, did we all play it on the actual Super Nintendo? That's what I did. Yeah, me too. You know it. Yeah. Okay. I, I figured we all played it on the Super NES, but... Um, <laughs> All right, so for the plot, the story, um, Arthur uh, is who you play as. You take the role of the knight Arthur, who must once again rescue the princess, her name's Princess Prin Prin, uh, from the demons. The antagonist this time is Emperor Sardius, in Japan it's called Samael, which of course is awesome, who has kidnapped the princess in order to obtain the whereabouts of the goddess Bracelet, the only weapon capable of destroying the emperor. After making it to Sardius's castle, Arthur must return to the beginning of the game because the princess reveals where she hid the bracelet. So that way he can destroy the evil being permanently. Um, after redoing the complete journey, you can then finally defeat Sardius with the bracelet and return the princess to the kingdom. Freaking classic ghosts and goblins, ghouls and ghosts brutality of having to play the game twice. It's awesome. Classic princesses hiding shit. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, seriously. Zelda and her Triforces. Yeah, because when I was actually uh, playing through it, though, like at the after you beat it the first time, she actually like kind of tells like, that she like dropped it or hid it out while they were carrying her away. It was pretty cool how they how they mentioned it. But it's like the irony is is that you get that bracelet the second time through through like getting a certain amount of chests and getting the fairy. So it's like it could be in any chest. So it's like she didn't really hide it somewhere it's in any chest yeah <laughs> so that's, exactly that's the irony of it is that it's really not <laughs> like in one place yeah it's not you're gonna me. miss it which i used to think when i was a kid yeah i mean it's, well reading like seeing that and reading it from her it's like oh well then she just hit it somewhere right and no yeah. no 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 <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so i think i played this completely different than you guys because Especially from the beginner tips from episode 26. Um, yeah, I definitely didn't really follow that too much because of my playing style. Cool. That should make it interesting. Yeah, so what I'll do, Kyle, is since you are the super ghouls and ghosts master, Mr. Ice, to bring it around to the playground and play it in the dirt with my Super Nintendo with the kids. <laughs> Throw, <Hell? laughs> throwing it up wow. in the dodgeball arena. <laughs> <laughs> carried everywhere exactly it's like my buddy commercial but kyle's holding up super ghouls and ghosts and dancing around yeah <laughs> it'd be cool buddy. to have that like a super nintendo like in a backpack or something and yeah nowadays you have like you know a little flat like monitor deal that'd be awesome <laughs> there you go kevin instead of your little cart now you're gonna have a super nintendo backpack Oh, man. I don't want it that mobile. That's too modern for me. I like having to wheel a cart like my back in the day. Oh, yes. (laughs) Just like we're going to wheel you around later. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) the rate I'm going. (laughs) Yeah, those those TV carts were the best in school. You always knew you had the class off and you were going to watch a movie. It was like, hell yeah. Or be a projector slide of something boring that you could sleep through. (laughs) Yeah, I was always drawing or like making up shit, so I I never had a moment. I was like... Boredom in my life. There you go. <laughs> in my life? 
<laughs> Never had a moment of boredom in my life. Kyle's quote of the night so far. It's on my tombstone. Like. <laughs> it's on his tombstone. <laughs> I want cheese and pepperoni on my tombstone. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, what do you want on your tombstone, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dot, dot, dot. My, my dads will say, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pissed. <laughs> I'm mad. <Fuck> yeah. <laughs> I'm Ken. I'm mad. No, yeah. Oh, we still got to make the shirts now that we can. Damn right we will. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> Picture of him with a stogie in the front. <laughs> with classic stash. Chicken legs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck yeah. Awesome. Ken and So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> did want to mention down the uh, river baby <laughs> on the logs <laughs> on the log frogger style yeah, it's like super ghouls and ghosts is way different totally different than ghouls and ghosts yeah for sega and uh super graphics and the arcade and ghosts and goblins yeah arcade and then ghosts and goblins is like completely different which is like the nes classic of like double dragons like way different um i love how nes does that Ninja Gaiden's way different. Contra is way different. Um, yeah, they're all different types of games. Now, when the big thing is the weapons in this game, and what what Jeff said, the playing style, which is what's going to be really interesting when I see what he prefers. Oh yes. And what Kevin prefers, and what I prefer. And the thing is, the weapons. Uh, you know, so you you get a chest, and as as long as you have the armor, the first chest that you get should have a weapon in it. A new weapon, yeah. And they don't go away. Now, this is what I wanted to... I, I can't remember. Do they go away in Ghouls and Ghosts? No, the only ones that I've ever seen the weapons go away is on uh, that PSP Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins. It'll yeah. actually fade away. So, Jeff, it actually goes away, like... Because that's, that's another thing about it. That's, like, the worst part about it, because... They even don't some, go away. becomes an obstacle. Yeah, it, it yeah. does. It does because I I definitely got a fucking weapon that I didn't want because there was like <laughs> skull in the first level. There's like fucking those skulls falling down, zombies coming from <laughs> one side, and then the damn weapons right underneath the fucking skull, so I can't jump through it because I'm gonna get hit. <laughs> then you get the axe, <laughs> and no, then I get the fire. I'd rather have the fire over the axe. The axe yeah. is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the axe that much. When you get the green armor your weapon gets enhanced and after you get the weapon the next as long as you don't get hit it's all about not getting hit in this fucking game yes you get rewarded the next treasure chest you should get should be a green armor now the axe is like the worst enhanced weapon because oh yeah, cause it doesn't it just turn to like a bigger axe or something and it like goes upward it goes or straight up or it's like yeah it's like unbelievable because Kevin, yeah, we were playing, and we're like, what the fuck? Well, at least enemies don't come sense. at you from the front of the rear, so they only come from the top, right? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, Kevin, you were saying, like, there's a dude who can play on YouTube. Yeah, I saw some guy do a live stream, and he just had, like, all of them down cold. Like, he must have been living and breathing and eating this game more than anybody. And he played he upside down like, moonwalking in the game. Basically. <laughs> right. yeah, and uh, they all, they all like challenge him while he goes and he'd just laugh and be like, yeah, I can use any weapon. And he'd pick up the torch and he cruised through it. And the fun thing is that he knew the trick for each weapon, like the torch, he was extremely good. So he always had the gold armor for the most part. He had it on through majority of the play that I saw. And, uh, 
when you have the torch, you're like invulnerable for a brief period of time is the power up that you get if you have the torch on you. So he just kept charging and kind of running through the game invulnerable, but legitimately because he just kept using that power up. So, I mean, it does have its pros and cons. Yeah, and when you get the gold armor, you still retain the same enhanced weapon, but you get a certain magic. So yeah. Yeah. Each, each one does a different thing. For example, the crossbow, the magic actually reveals certain treasure chests, not all treasure chests, but um, certain ones that are tagged by the you know programming. So if you do it and there's a chest on the screen, it'll pop up from the ground and give it to you. Um, and you should get the gold armor after you get the green armor, as long as you haven't gotten hit. And obviously, you know, if you get hmm. hit, you, you go straight back to your boxers. Now, uh, one thing I'm reading here on the, the Wikipedia article is that the first upgrade's a bronze armor. Well, yeah, I think they call but it bronze it's armor. But bronze. It, okay. yeah, it looks green, though. That's what we call it. You look like reptile from Mortal Kombat. Okay. With stuff on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like, cool, actually. I, yeah. I thought it was green. Yeah, I always call yeah. I always called it like the. Uh, he always looked like a guy from like Atlantis or something. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Like yeah. the like the uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like the jade armor, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like seriously, they, they call it yeah. the bronze armor. Though. Anything like, but bronze. <laughs> why do they call it bronze? Right. It's green. It's like tarnished. <laughs> it's like really tarnished. It's yeah, some moldy bronze. <laughs> Bra- the brass bron- armor. <laughs> right. Did they call it the, just the gold armor? Yeah. That? Well, and of course you got to mention too, after the gold armor, you can actually get shields. Yeah. To, yeah. A couple different sun types shield. of shields. Moon in the sun, was it? Something like that. Go right. into this shield thing if you're right there. Cause I'm not sure about the specifics on those. I want to say the shield can block certain projectiles, and in a certain one, maybe it can block, and then you lose the shield, but you don't lose the armor as a possibility. Um, no the uh, the shields block projectiles if you're standing still, okay, and still. they can only take so many hits until they crack. Um, ah. once and and then of course if you have like somebody shoots like two projectiles at you and it cracks, and they obviously give you a hit. If you're standing still, which I'm never doing. If you're standing yeah. still, so shields are kind of pointless. Pretty much. And since we're on the treasure chest, we might as well go into the bracelet really quick. Now, mm-hmm. once you beat the game, you actually don't fight the final boss. Nope. It warps you back and says you have to find the bracelet now. Princess basically says, you know, princess is in an- another castle or whatever, you know? like It's like the Mario one deal. Yeah, yeah like, she's Princess Prin Prince basically like... Uh, you need the bracelet to beat the final boss, and I dropped it on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, is what she says. So you have to go all the way back to the beginning of the game to get the bracelet. Which is given to you by the fairy. Now, the fairy comes out of the treasure chest after you get the shield. Yes. So you have to get five consecutive treasure chests without getting hit mm-hmm. to finally get the fairy. And once you get it, though, you can keep it. Once you get the bracelet, when you die, you get to keep it. Yeah. So that's all weapons. It's a huge bonus. Yeah, so it, should, it acts just like any other weapon, or you can replace it. Yes, which is bad when you get near the end of the game. <laughs> now, the thing with the, that that weapon, it's like a fireball, and it has a different property because when you get the gold, you don't have like that magic meter at the mm-hmm. top, but you can block like fireballs with it and stuff. Yes, it's actually not as powerful as I thought it initially would be. Hmm. Which I I was thinking like once you get it, if if I were to program the game, they, I would have made it like an unstoppable like you know like it's one hit kills everything pretty much. Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the uh, 
you know, it's definitely not the Hadouken in Mega Man X where it kills Sigma with one hit. <laughs> yeah, because the way I see it, you already played the game through, like, here, dude. That that would have actually been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one change. But I'm not going to dock the game for that. No, no, but it... Because, I mean, it was more powerful than your standard weapon, so... Albeit a little slower. There's a bunch of difficulties. The hardest being professional... The easy, the easiest was like practice or something. I don't even know. It's something like beginner, easy, practice, normal, maybe. Yeah, and uh, you can choose, you know, how many lives you have, and you get credits for how many points you get during the uh, continue credits during the levels. There's like money bags you pick up. Certain ones are gold, and they're worth like a thousand, and then the normal ones are worth five hundred. There's also like little. Arthur, like, figurines, some have helmets on and some don't. The ones that don't was, like, 250, and the ones that do were, like, 500 or something. Yeah. And, I mean, the the key here, though, is collecting all the money bags that you see and all the bonus items that you see, so that way you can get, I think it's 20,000 and then 60,000. They get you a continue. Not a life, but a continue. And you can basically farm continues and play forever. Yeah. And that's awesome. And I think it changes by, depending what level you did, professional, expert, or normal, they make it higher to get a credit for how many points you need. That fluctuates that number. I was playing on professional, so 20 was what I had. Okay, I that's when that one had that one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if the other ones had less or Yeah, it's what. like if it's easier, I think it's like an even lower quota to get a credit. I just remember racking them up easier on normal before, and then when I was on harder, it wasn't racking up as much. I I didn't notice like I didn't notice a giant spike from normal to I went from normal and then mm-hmm. I was like I trudged through and got so far and I was like fuck this I'm just gonna play on professional I didn't notice the spike because once I learned the patterns it wasn't that much harder I think enemies take a little bit and they move faster yeah they do like there's like those little plants in um the the snow level I think they don't shoot fireballs oh dude like is there stuff like that because I didn't get that yeah. far in normal so. Like, I just, I immediately was like, well, if I'm going to actually go through and painstakingly try to beat this game, I'm going to play on professional so that way I actually accomplish something. Because <laughs> if I <laughs> went through on normal, I'd be like, yeah, I beat it twice on normal. Um, the zombies, I think they're slower. Yeah, no, the zombies are definitely faster in uh, professional. And uh, the, like, the plants in the first level, for example, and anything that shoots fireballs, they, they have a quicker fire rate. And yeah, because they take a while to shoot each time, and it's a little bit quicker. Not much though. And the bosses are different; they're kind of more aggressive. Yeah, like the first time I fought that uh, dragon that circles you uh, in normal, like he didn't even touch me, and then he actually like hit me the for the first time, and I fell into a pit. Like I'm professional. I'm like, oh, what the hell? (laughs) Like it was was a little different. Yeah, like the HR Geiger like uh, centipede looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. Easy fucking boss, but yeah, really Easiest. cool. That was mode, the other thing. Like, mode 7 boss. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to uh, mention that too. The, the Getting the boss is almost like a relief. Because mm-hmm. a lot of them aren't as hard as the levels are. Oh, definitely not. And you know, I, I think the, um, the, the main difference is that they added a couple of the four scrolling levels. Those were the hardest levels in my opinion. Like level two, like level two when you're on, you're like on a um a river, and and there and there's like whirlpools that you know will su- at the beginning that suck it down, but you're just basically you can't go fast through the game if you memorize it. You have to sit there 
and painstakingly wait <laughs> and dodge and jump and shoot. Like you have to do that. And that's where I understood where you meant with what you were talking about with your your um your little pre-play hints. Because if you have a powered up like either green or gold armor for the arrow, like the the double shot arrow, yeah, it it just turns into a homing missile. And you could just sit there and just shoot everything and hit everything mm-hmm. without even having to worry. And and since we're on that, me and Kevin were playing, and we noticed like sometimes it'll get glitched, and one of the homing missiles will just circle and circle. And the way that the programming is, you can only shoot. You can't shoot until all of the projectiles are off the screen. Yeah, that happened to me in the world and the and that level. The the four scrolling uh, raft level when the uh, merman would show up, yep, right, yep. right as he disappeared. Guy. But it would always go <laughs> away right before he appeared, and you could shoot him though. Yeah, that one's okay. But there's sometimes of those columns, those reef columns that sh- shoot the little stuff at you. Um, sometimes those do it too. But yeah, the little Zora guys, it always happens on those as well. Interesting. Yeah. So basically, your pre-play hints were to use the knife for the first couple levels. And then after that, switch to the bow and arrow. And I, I can actually use the bow and arrow through the whole game. Um, and that's my preference. But the, the knife the knife is better in level um, two, two, especially in that part that you're talking about, with the fourth scroll. Yeah. You can just throw so fast, and they turn it into lasers when you have the bronze armor, the green armor. Here you <laughs> go. I, just, I feel so wrong calling it. Reptile yeah. armor. So yeah. all of them... Yeah, when you get that, it's like a laser. It's really cool, man. Now, I want to know what you use. Yes. So the whole game, I use the knife. (laughs) Whole thing. I never use the bow and arrow. (laughs) I use the knife the entire time. No, it's it's a a knife. I'd be thinking (laughs) twice through. I can call it a knife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah. So here was the irony is that I use the knife the whole time because I like the speed. Very fast. Very, very fast. Because I... I would run and bum rush things. Once I learned the patterns, I would get close enough to where I could bum rush and, and fire on basically anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can shoot like super duper duper fast. Now, because of my play style, though, I rarely had upgraded upgraded armor. Rarely. That's another thing. Like, see, now I didn't stop. I don't stop for chests. Because when I no. stop for chest, I get tripped up. Yes. No, I, I never do. That was the one thing about the scrolling level is I actually was able to get some chest. Because I was sitting there waiting and... Chilling. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like bored. I'm like, this sucks. Because <laughs> what I did, I looked up all the locations for the chest. You know, once I had beaten it through and I was like, like now I just want to go find all, all the chests. And I was like, actually, no, I don't. This like cripples my playstyle. Yeah, I, I, you just gotta go full bore, and just even when I'm in my undies, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at my best, man. Like, yeah, in, in my boxers, because there's no, it's like you, you know, you can't get hit. Here, here's the, the irony though, because I had to trudge through the game like that, and you know, that meant, meant I had to memorize like all the enemy patterns and all the death traps and all the secret, like everything in the game, because I was constantly going through with the knife when i went through the second time i basically got the bracelet right near the beginning the first level how did that work out for you well it was more powerful than the knife and because i would still go up to people and i already knew the patterns i was able to dodge enough and i was destroying everything i went through the game a lot easier with the bracelet the second time because i was using the knife beforehand it actually prepared me for that now my strategy is i still use the crossbow through the whole thing 
or I'll use the the knife, especially in level two, if it, if I come across it. But um, I use the crossbow for the whole thing, and then at the very last tower level, that's when I get the five chests. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly didn't know where any of the chests were because I didn't use any kind of guide except for the first level. <laughs> so if I wouldn't have gotten the first level, I would have pretty much like been screwed because I wouldn't have known where to, to find the chests in the other levels. Yeah, you've been forced to go Nintendo Power style. Yeah, exactly, and I was like, yeah, I already know where they are in the first level, so I just kept going. Now, yeah. um, what was the hardest level for you guys? I think everyone's got their own. How about you, yeah. Kevin? What's you? Oof. All of them? <laughs> All of them. You can tell this uh, was Kevin's slacking homework. It's watched Kyle play. <laughs> I'm trying to think. The Probably where I struggled the most was the timing on that, uh, was it like that lava fire level where those posts come up and you got to fall oh, and just... That's your bane, man. Yeah, Yeah, pretty much right there. Because the rest Kev's of the game, I can, I can definitely chug on through. It's just... It might take me forever to do that one point, and luckily Kyle's good at it. So when it came to that point, I just passed the buck. <laughs> I love that part, though. Like especially the <laughs> that, I part, love that part too. Actually, it's platforming. The part where the platform falls and you jump to the one, then you jump to the others, then you jump yes. blindly into yep. the lava and double jump like a motherfucking badass onto the pillar. It's so satisfying. Oh yeah, and I randomly yeah. did that the first time. And I was like, oh, because I was like, oh shit, I'm dead. And he goes, like, Arena. It was like it caught me, and I was like, ah, oh, yes. Now the Whoa. second, now the second time I went through, I died there. So, <laughs> of course. Well, we all we've all died at that part probably at least once, um, <laughs> twenty times. That's another thing. Once, okay, so there's two generally in most levels, except the last two, not including the final boss. There's a halfway point. Yes. And uh, I think the hardest level in the game... For the Kyle Meister. The fourth level, the second part of the fourth level, I can see a lot of people having trouble with. That's another... That's probably the hardest... That, that might be my Cherry own. Cobbler? Yeah, the whole part where it's four-scrolling, you're like inside the body. And yeah, I call that the throbbing inside of somebody's innards level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you know, basically can... on a platform, a fixed platform, and the whole... S- Green is like throbbing in and out with with uh mode seven and there's like forced air blasts and there's yes. like two spots yes. where you actually have to jump off the platform and double jump back on to avoid a forced it's, air blast. Yeah, it's wild. And Kevin, tell them all about the uh, food oh, references no, just, that we kept making. Oh god. Yeah, the only one I remember is that whole platform. It just looks like the cherry pie because you got the red and then like the crumbs over it, so it's like you're on a big cherry pie topping it looks like that's carrying you and then i think it turned into like like you got all these like blue balls that were exploding make you think of blueberries maybe i was just hungry for baker square while i was playing who knows (laughs) yeah so it was just funny it's just like the pie level like (laughs) pretty much (laughs) and it's far from easy as pie (laughs) old old pie lord okay so the, the level after that is like the snow level i think that's the easiest level in the game snow level was extremely fun and awesome and amazing, yeah, yeah. And then the last two levels, six and seven, are definitely not the easiest levels in the game. Yeah, my mine was definitely throbbing, dobbing level. Like yeah. that was <laughs> that was my. I think that's generally the yeah. I just I died the most there, and it was near impossible to farm for your continues. It was very tough. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're you're kind of fucked if you if you die if you keep dying there, and even just that first part of that level, there's like those little goblins with the axes that yeah. like keep respawning. And sometimes, man, 
that gets intense. Like sometimes it doesn't. It's funny because when I was playing over at Kevin's, it was like sometimes it'd be crazy, and other times we wouldn't see any of them. None of them would even spawn. It was like seems like if you jumped on that mode seven part where it spun around, if you did it at a certain point, if you did it like quick enough, there wouldn't be as many guys spawning. Yeah, that's true. I, like I was it. always balls to the wall, so there's always less enemies for me. <laughs> yeah. Now the one thing about the bracelet, the freaking firebrand red armors, the the demons that fly around, those are a pain in the ass to kill with the bracelet. Oh my god! Because it because it fires just slow enough to where the timing's off. So like with the knife, I had no problem getting them because I remembered their pattern from Ghosts and Goblins, and they change it up though if you don't if you're not fast enough. And you're not fast enough with the bracelet, so it, it's it's like it was a fucking pain. And and for the first, I died a few times, the first time trying to just figure the guy out. But then it became all like I'm going backward in the level, shooting, trying to kill that motherfucker. Now, the AI is like super duper duper smart with those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Firebrand and his buddies, and I was gonna say too, at the beginning of the game, it's like super king red armor armor or whatever, but do, do you notice that? He's not anywhere in the game. He, I think he's in maybe Ghosts and Goblins. He's the big red... Yeah, he's called Satan in Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, I know you're talking armor, about. Armor. Yeah, no, he's in original Ghosts and Goblins. You fight him a lot. Yeah. I think they should have put the King Red Aramur as boss 6 and then 7 have it the way that it is. Yeah. That was how I would have changed that. Why not? Because you, you're reiterating the guy and... You could have put in a, a boss that, and you put him in the beginning of the game, so you made a sprite for him. It's really like kind of bizarre. I don't know what happened to that guy. The only thing I can think is maybe they couldn't fit him in the level yeah. design the way that was to have him swoop around, and you have enough room or something. You never know. So, so the first guy, the, the first guy that you fight, that's the same boss from Ghosts and Goblins. His name is Astaroth. And okay. then the green guy, the 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 one that shoots the giant laser, that's the end boss of the game for the first time through, is it's Nebaroth. Okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sardius, that's the end boss of the game the second time through. That's who. That's, Big boy. Yeah, that's the giant dude in the throne room. Now he's not too bad. No, he's slow and his pattern's very predictable. Yeah, and he's massive. But if you stand underneath him, either to the left or to the right slightly, his lasers should miss you every time. Yep, and then you just jump up the platform that travels right up to him conveniently. <laughs> now, Kevin, what what you were you were saying something about? There's something about taking the left one, or yeah, they say if you want an advantage, you would take. You know, it spits out platforms out of his gut. If you yeah. take the left one, it'll slow down because it has a processing problem. But if you take the right one, it'll stay at normal speed. So if you want the slowdown advantage, always take the left one. And then you'll have that timing advantage if you need to. I always took the left one, which is weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, but, I just yeah, did the that. Right like, fast, the, though. Yeah, just off the top of my head, like I always did that, though. The left one always felt right for me. I don't no know pun intended. But yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> always felt right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's just kind of how um, certain things always feel like that with a shmup or something. Sometimes I prefer to be on one side of the screen than other people. That's another thing about Doom levels. Romero was saying um, they would study. Some people would always go in one corridor first, or they would always go in the other corridor. A, a good example is um, the second level in the first episode of Doom, you can uh, go two, through two different doors, and they go to essentially the same place. And it was kind of like a study on, like, 
no, most people always go into, you know, the first door rather than the second door, you know, like wherever that may be. But, um, yeah, there's just certain things that certain people do differently. And that's why I love both us talking about it because it's like all the different weapons that each of us uses and all the different ways that we play. Yeah. And also just watching stuff online because you see, you see tactics that something that I would have never thought. And it's like, that's such a, a simple thing, but it just never occurred to me to do it that way. Yeah, I didn't watch a ton online. Like, one that I watched, and it was after I already beat it, was, like, some guy playing while he was talking, and he, like, no-hit run it. And I was like, holy crap. And, like, the whole, yeah. and he was talking about just using the knife, too, and because when you use the magic from the knife, it basically is un- or it's unbeatable. The dragon from the gold, it's, like, completely overpowered. You can kill most bosses with one hit. Oh, I didn't wow. know that. Yeah, like, he's sitting there. Cool. Like if you if you shoot it the right way, it kills every boss pretty much with one hit. Because if I didn't have the crossbow, I would definitely use a knife. And the crossbow um, is weaker. That's the one thing about it. Um, the, the irony is, I never really had the gold armor, so I never got to use the the power up on any bosses. By the time I got to them, I was usually in my boxers. <laughs> so, it was, but I would I, I was like always clutch though. I was always able to like survive without getting hit that second time.
now what's what's interesting is um, when I played it on my own on my CRT smaller TV, I was able to to beat it. Now when I played it at Kevin's, I got really close. I I beat the first form. I beat the first form, and then I got to Papa. Papa. <laughs> Papa. For whatever reason, I didn't beat him, and then we had a lot of trouble getting back there because of that red armor and trying to hit him with the bracelet. Yes. So, because the way that I did it the first time, I got the crossbow, and I was past that part, and I was past those cockatrice heads that come out of the wall at the very top of the tower. Yeah, so you can, like, open some of the different doors and things to progress, right? Like, is yeah. there, like, one where yeah. you have one on the left and on the right, and then it opens up, and there's a red armor if you don't kill him quick enough? That level has just one. In the level before that, there's three. Is there only one? Is there only one in the in the one with the cockatrice heads? Because I, I just remember like I was fighting the cockatrice on the left, and the armor was still there. <laughs> oh, if if you don't kill him, he'll follow you. Yeah, he he followed me through the like. There was one time what I think it was the either the level before that or that level where the one where there's two of them, and actually just outran them to get to the end real quick. That's six. It's six, yeah, and yeah, six. There's there's three in that level. Because because if you get to um because if you get to Astaroth, like they'll go away. They don't fight oh, yeah. you when you fight yeah. the boss. So yeah, so that was that's that's actually a good hint is if you can actually avoid them because they try to that they is so good, but it's trying to avoid your shots too. So there's ways you can just outrun them if you have the uh, jade armor and you um, <laughs> use the crossbow. They can't avoid those. Oh yeah, shots. Homes so that's, that's the best one to use. Uh, but they can still hide like within the brick, like yeah. almost in the forefront of the sometimes, which is bullshit. <laughs> Those jerks, man. Sometimes they do like a little jig. It's hilarious. A little dance. Oh yeah, they uh, they do that the little uh... demonic jig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Satan's jig. Yeah, it's that's hilarious. Awesome. Though. Thinking of like the little like Doslam wind dance. Like ah, ah, kind of is like ah. that. Though. It, it's so fitting though for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's like perfect. Yeah. So in level six, you fight three of those bad boys, and then in level seven, you fight uh, one, but you have to climb up the the tower. Yeah, which makes it a lot harder. Yeah. Freaking the cockatrice heads too. That's awesome. What? That's my favorite way to do it. Beat it. I'll go all the way up the tower with the crossbow, and then then get the fairy bracelet deal right before i was having trouble in that ghost room though i hate that ghost room too like sometimes i can make this one like trick jump and sometimes i can't but with the crt at my house was fine i i don't know what it was also kevin's screen is huge yeah i don't don't know if that's like i don't know i'm gonna try on his crt and uh see if we get different results the other thing is i was really tired like by the end of the second run through so it was like, I wonder if exhaustion, too, probably played a part in it. I'm betting on exhaustion. Yeah, cause we were we were pooped, man. Yep. Well, there's also the thing that when you use, like, a scaler, it's slightly different. Not yep. off, but different. And if you learn it like that, you'd been fine. But going back and forth to the CRT, and if the timing's slightly off, you're trying to learn the game twice, essentially. Mm-hmm. Especially with a Twitch game like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, like it's up to you to freaking be able to dodge everything in split seconds. And if it's a quarter of a second difference or an eighth of a second difference in a split second, that's going to get you killed a few times. So it's interesting. 
Yeah, so I was like, damn, but we I, we were so exhausted too. I mean, well, yeah, that's it too. It's it's a marathon at that point. What what day did you record? Tuesday, right? Yeah, so 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 after a full day of work, too, you gotta yeah. say, like, yeah. mind you, you worked a full day, and then you <laughs> in the evening <laughs> we're playing a double playthrough of Super Cool and Ghost. That's insane, <laughs> man. That's yeah, that's even worse than sitting on like a Saturday, starting it up in the morning and playing. Like you yeah. worked all day. <laughs> Yeah, it was a blast though. I always love playing that game, and I'm I'm ready just to go right back to it, man. It's so great. But... And Kevin's ready to shelf it. <laughs> yeah, burn it almost. <laughs> oh, definitely not burn it, but yeah. Like I, I've already decided that I'm I'm definitely uh, definitely good to go on Super Ghouls and Ghosts. However, it's gonna be one of those games where me and Kyle now, when we hang out, we'll play it. Just well, fuck yeah, we will. It's gotten to that tier of nostalgia now because we've and then that's the best part about doing the home homework games is that like we're gonna find certain games that are gonna become our double dragon two level games. Where it's like, hell yeah, let's play some freaking Spider House now on the Famicom. <laughs> like like or Goonies. The original oh, yeah. Goonies. All of them, yeah. Like, oh, like man. So fun. or no. <laughs> <laughs> play some Manadin. <laughs> I was bragging about Goonies go. on Nintendo Age today. I'm always bragging about Goonies. Oh, Goonies is a classic. I'm always bragging about that game. Some of my favorite platformers, 8-bit. And it's just awesome with, with like Goonies, one of our early, early homework games. Coolest part about Goonies is that it's like just an arcade action game. It's really doable, really fun. The timer keeps you moving. It's it's great. Yeah, it's the perfect. It's like like a cool version of Splunker. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Splunker without dying, but when you touch like a, like an eggshell, you know? <laughs> eggshell. <laughs> it's just like the, the the weakest protagonist in all of gaming. <laughs> so yeah, so Super Goals and Ghosts. I was I was reading though, and it was. Um, yeah, so it's it is considered like balls hard. Now I don't know if that's like people playing on professional or that that's just normal difficulty. I figure it's normal, right? Well, you got to realize too is that me and you are really good at platformers. Like we're good at platform games. That's our favorite genre. Bread and butter and shit. Yeah, we're good at it. So it's like we're going to be inherently a little bit better than other people that haven't trudged through every platformer known to man as a kid. So like some people are going to play it on normal and it's going to kick their ass. Um, and it's just, just not going to be enjoyable for them because they're going to die so much and they don't make headway. I mean, if you play through the same level and never made headway at all, you eventually you would give up. And here's another thing too, like despite the difficulty, like what Kevin was saying with the, Level three, where you have to jump through all, like over the pillars or on each pillar, yeah. that that doesn't change with difficulty. So it's like that's just the way it is, you know. It's it's the same thing with the beginning of I think it is the second part of level one, where those little like fire things come at you. That never changes either, like little fire carts. Oh, yeah, like Skull Chariot deals. Yeah, like those actually like come at you, but those never change either. Those are just, I call those like platform traps. Sure. Yeah. Those you have to memorize, and yes. the first time playing through, unless you watch something on YouTube, the first time you play through it, you're going to die because they're meant to kill you. They're meant to eat a quarter, essentially. That goes back to the arcade days. Which is why that g this game is so damn rewarding. Yeah, because then you once you memorize it, it's like, all right, now you can go through 
that first level where I died 50 times going through it. Now I'm going through it unscathed. <laughs> like it's like ridiculous how night and day things get as you trudge through. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super satisfying. It really is. I fucking love it, dude. And the double jump is your, your best friend in this game. Yeah. Actually in the, in the forums, I actually said, does the double jump make this the easiest in the series? just as a conversation piece because in ghouls and ghosts you can shoot upward whereas and down and and down and and the, so i did that on purpose and left it pretty ambiguous just to see what people would say in the forums and it was we had a lot of good good replies had a you know good couple dozen people having a conversation pretty awesome yeah and did you um want to read a few of those before we go into the grades oh absolutely um, so, so Kyle's recommendation with the double jump was when you're going after an enemy is actually to jump away and toward them or toward them in a way like doing like a little jive, a dodge type thing, right? Yeah. In order to avoid them with the double jump. And I found that necessary. Yeah. Or sometimes even jump to the left and straight up is cool too, or jump to the right or straight up. Let's see. So first guy said he's, he beat the game a few years ago, but he's rusty Play it the other day after not playing it for years and made it to the ice stage before getting the game over. Uh, one of those games that depends on memori- memorization, trial, and error. It's definitely easier to make progress in Super Ghouls and Ghosts than the NES Ghosts and Goblins. The latter is the most frustrating in the series. Even Infinite continues, I always give up on the second stage of Ghosts and Goblins. I've never played the Genesis Ghouls and Ghosts in, in years, but the shoot up makes that one easier, but it's hard to say as the Genesis game does not have the annoying slowdown. Now, what do you think, Kevin, as far as the, uh, that, didn't you think uh, the one for the NES is easier? Yeah, I actually think the NES is easier than the Super NES for my fighting style and the way that I play games. I'm, I mean, the Genesis one's my favorite hands down, or just ghouls and ghosts, because I want to be able to shoot in all the directions that stuff's coming. I really hate having to, you know, compromise or just change my own method of attack because all I got is a double jump but the double jump is a very cool mechanic and I see why they did it just to give you some variety and different gameplay it's just that isn't my preferred use so it makes it more difficult for me but it's still a good game regardless <laughs> yeah so so the next part of the uh, <laughs> the forums is hilarious because mm-hmm. yeah. he said he played the game and he finds it incredibly hard he's going to have to try it again because he never made it past level 1 and then the next guy goes, secretly, there is no level two because nobody can beat level one. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, because I was, I was looking on um, uh, YouTube and one of the videos that came up because I had the most views was Game Grumps. And I guess they have like three episodes and the third episode's like, can we can we beat level one yet or something? Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. And that's why watching people do fucking streaming is annoying to me. I don't want to watch somebody die one million times. Yeah. It's like Game Center CX is awesome because you get to watch Arena die, but they it's have edited. editing. Yeah. <laughs> so Magic. that way, like, he's dying like a thousand times in a level. They they show him make progression, and it's like a, a, a TV show length. It's like going to sleep. Like, four hours can be cut in one second. Boom. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that they show Arena, it's like, he played this game for 18 hours. The episode's 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Yeah, or, yeah. Like, 
but he played the game for like three days or some shit. But <laughs> like, they're not going to show him playing the game for three days because that would not be interesting television. Fuck no. <laughs> and that's the same thing. Like YouTube is progressing to where it's entertainment and television. So yeah, there's a good example of that from Game Center CX. There was like a new like a New Year's Eve or some kind of a party where Arino played live. And he got stuck on one of the games forever. And it was like a disaster. They were like, what are we going to do? Like, he can't beat this part. And um, I don't even know what ended up happening. He was, it was like a huge, like, malfunction of the show, though, because he couldn't progress. So it was like, everyone's just sitting there, like, and he's lucky he was in Japan, too, because just like the wrestling, they're very respectful. In America, oh, shit, it'd be tomato. Oh, yeah, people would have been shit, saying man. stupid shit. and Because yeah. they get bored and, yeah, that kind of deal. Yeah, but it showed, like, the the whole crowd, instead of watching like they are in Japan, like they'd all been on their cell phones posting comments. Oh, but yeah, it would have been a massacre. <laughs> Troll iPhone <brigade>. lights. Yeah. <laughs> iPhone so, so, lights. <laughs> so so that, that goes exactly along with what you're saying there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, it's a disaster and, like, I wouldn't want to sit there and watch somebody play a game terribly for hours upon hours upon hours because <laughs> at, at, at a point, it, it's not funny anymore. And you also, right. just like with horror movies and violence and things, you get desensitized to it. All of a yeah, sudden, absolutely. it's not interesting anymore to watch somebody die in the first level of Super Mario Brothers because it's not edited properly. Yeah, but imagine the first time you saw someone go through a table in ECW in the hundredth time, and it's like, wow, what a difference. Yeah. Exactly. We, were like, we were like, oh my god, and then and it's like, yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> it's true, though, because the way someone described it perfect, it's, it's like a knife that dulls every time it hits you. So eventually the blade's completely gone and you're totally desensitized. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's that's why I'm not going to enjoy live streams unless the person makes it interesting somehow. Like, if they're doing some kind of commentary or something interesting to make it cool, then we got a different story. You know what I mean? But, like, on a day-to-day basis, I'm not going to sit here and watch people fucking play all day. Yeah, it almost seems to be, like, one or two things. A really awesome gamer who's, you know, can beat something in, like, one run. Or, like, just a good conversation, like, kind of thing. Like, with a few people on the, the couch deal, I guess, yeah. or whatever. Well, because, I mean, essentially, like, a YouTube channel or any kind of, you know, online entertainment is supposed to draw you in and make you want to keep watching. When I watch somebody die a bunch of times in Battletoads or something, it makes me want to go play Battletoads because I, I know I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And I think the popularity was proven because when Cinemassacre started posting their live streams, they, they're significantly <laughs> less views, like on like, on a massive scale. I think they only got, like what, 10,000 views, or for, like, how many views? Did you see, Kevin, how many they would get, like, normally for a live stream? I, w- I was just paying attention to the, when they had so many people watching, not views, when it was live, because I'd get, I'd notice a notification, be like, oh, they're streaming something. I'm like, okay, where are they streaming? And then when I went in, I remember, like, the first time it's got, like, you know, 10,000 live viewers while it's live going Yeah, on. while the first yeah. time. I'm not talking about views, like just click views, because those are those are a whole different way it's calculated, so that's irrelevant. I'm more worried about who's actually going out of their way, stopping what they're doing right now, because these guys decided to go live right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
it started at 10,000. And then if you go on there now and they're on there, there's like a thousand or less. Yeah. yeah. So why aren't the videos at a thousand or less? So it tells you what people want. Yeah. Yep. That's why it's relevant. Yeah. Absolutely relevant. And I mean, <laughs> and it also shows that people are already getting burnout and dulled for certain watching that stuff. So it's more of it's more like a specialty, if anything. It'd be like, hey, you do it once a blue moon, and then you kind of announce it or something. Because I think the the most successful way to do one, if I was to do one in the future, is I would pick a game that maybe I know. I mean, averagely, if I had an active enough fan base that I knew I could count on for showing up for commenting, I would have the channel work on beating it. Because if you have mm. the cool thing is if you got a small enough channel. You could like load up King's Quest and be like, okay, who remembers this? And everybody bark out a thing to try and you like muddle through together as a group. And I think the interaction is what's more entertaining than it is to watch somebody. So unless I'm going to do something that's going to require people to interact, I'm not going to be interested in streaming live. I almost think that on your case, you should go the, the classic streaming route that I always respected and liked. And that's you're doing it for like charity. Yeah, I could do that too. Because like Pat the NES Punk was doing the charity marathon, and I watched him because he played for like twenty four hours. Nice. I oh, would right. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was going to charity, and that was awesome. That's amazing that he was. You know, it was going to charity. You can't beat and that. Yeah. yeah. So like, I definitely viewed it on that because I'm like, okay, and you know, half the time he's sitting there half tired, mumbling and stuff because it's freaking twenty four hours. But, like, he was taking requests and interacting, and it was really cool. And, like, that's something I think for, like, your channel, Kevin, that you could actually get more people to be like, hey, we're going to do a live stream this date, and you promote it for, like, weeks. And yeah. then you do your live stream and say, hey, you know, we're going to take donations for this charity while I do the live stream. Nice. And if it's going toward a charity, that's awesome. Do you just pick random games, or I've, I've never really seen any of those, so I don't know. That's up to you for marketing. You do whatever you want to do. Like you could have Kyle's freaking corner where he's sitting there showing people how to, you know, m make their games minty fresh. There and, you go. <laughs> I mean, and you could have a corner where you're showing them how to get the best picture out of their freaking consoles. But I mean, the thing is, it's all on what you want to do. So if you want people to interact more, you go. All right. So if you donate ten dollars, I'll play whatever game you guys want me to that I have in the house. Yep. And you pretty much have anything. So. <laughs> like, hey, I'll, I'll play your game for $10 or $20 or whatever. And you know what I mean? Like, if you pay this amount, I'll have to beat it or something. Or, <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be tall dollars. <laughs> yeah, but but you know what I mean, though? Like, and it's, yeah. it all goes to charity, and that's how you do yeah. it. Yeah. And then that also will help people get to know you and get to know your channel. And, no, and it was, definitely. It's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy because next episode, um, I'll, I'll read some of our, our listener mail and things and it, it's people are listening because some of the stuff that i've gotten it goes into detail about uh, our families and things that we've talked about on the podcast oh really cool giving us suggestions and stuff i was like whoa that's pretty awesome though i i like it because if, if i didn't i wouldn't we wouldn't talk about it on the podcast yeah <laughs> but yeah it was like it was pretty pretty interesting some of the the listener stuff but uh but yeah that's i mean you know to make a whole cyclical thing um, I wouldn't want to see somebody playing Super Ghouls and Ghosts and dying a million times. 
<laughs> I would I rather see it arena style where you're dying a little bit and then you progress through and you're showing like your first deaths on certain traps, but you don't show it every time. Yeah. It's not necessary. And that's why I think live streaming will be definitely not watched by me. <laughs> Unless it's by, you know, a pro or seasoned veteran for the game. Oh, yeah. It's like a big undertaking for someone to say, I'm going to devote like all this time to watch someone else's. Yeah. Especially live on somebody else's schedule. Just like it's... meander through something, though. I mean, the benefit is low uh. at best. I mean, I could see it being big on the levels we've spoken about. You know, if you have like people, like a group of people. Like a niche community or something. A tight net community. Or something new, because I wanted to see footage of it. Yes, new games is great. New games is awesome to stream, and if this person's insane, that's cool too. I think that's why PewDiePie is so freaking popular, because when he's recording, he's freaking doing crazy shit. And the kids eat it up. Somehow they're being entertained, whatever that entertainment is, but yeah. He's connecting with millions upon millions upon millions of people. Yeah, it's working. It, absolutely, and and they find him hilarious, so that's awesome. But the, like he interacts with people in that way, so it works. Yeah, and that's what you need is you either need to be entertaining, or you need to be part of like a, a niche community or something. Now, was there any other cool posts on? Oh yeah, NA. One guy posted uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts is much easier than Ghost and Goblins in his opinion. It's not the double jump for him that makes it easier as much as the better control in the Super Nintendo version. feels like the control's just spot on. And he likes the ring weapon. <laughs> the bracelet. They call it the ring weapon. The bracelet. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So that's very, very interesting. <laughs> uh, one thing that's really cool that was posted um, is that this one guy said he has his ghouls and ghosts board for his cabinet. So he actually has it, and he's finally able to beat it on the hardest difficulty in his arcade cabinet, which is pretty awesome. But the other day, he was going through all the console versions of Ghouls and Ghosts to compare their difficulty. Uh, and the Super Nintendo one is definitely the easiest by a mile, he said. Uh, Genesis was solid, but it's pretty annoying for the fact that if you died at a boss, you, ha- you restarted right next to the boss. <laughs> so you would get like cheap deaths. He said the oddest version of Ghouls and Ghosts, though, is the Master System version. Because you have to buy your upgrades for your armor yep. and your weapons. And it's like red armor. Yeah, you buy Weird. them. Weird. I didn't know about any of this. And I actually posted, I don't have that one. I posted and asked him, and I was like, hey, so do you get to keep it after you buy it? And you do get to keep all the, all the armor. You, you, so if you buy the new armor and you die, you get that new armor when you respawn. So that's pretty cool. That's crazy. I, I want to see the fucking Master System one, though. Yeah, I was going to probably explore that one in the future for the channel because it's such a unique version. Because it's kind of absolutely it's actually difficult for the wrong reasons, like the boss, the first boss. You're like cramped on the screen; the screen can't move at all, and he slides <laughs> back and forth, and you basically get trapped. So it's like you better kill this guy immediately, not make any mistake, or he's yeah. just going to run into you, and you're done. Yeah. Like on the Sega Genesis, you can run back and forth. You got room to fight? No, you don't have any room to fight in the Master System because it couldn't do it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Actually, it's crazy. Is it? It's worth a unique a lot? one. I I think it probably goes for like fifty bucks. I Damn guess it. It's probably around there. But <laughs> I'm sure your lowball bids, you'll find it for like ten bucks, somewhere. twenty bucks eventually. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, just keep pecking at it. 
So another post. Yeah. I don't think that the extra jump makes the game easier since most of the obstacles in the Super Nintendo game require a double jump to get over them. So it's like designed around the double jump. If the game was made up of levels like Ghosts and Goblins and then double jump would be more of like a cheat or an advantage. That's a really this, good comment but though. The game was designed around double jumping. That's an amazing comment. Comment. That's very true, yeah. Yeah. Um, he says that the four-directional shooting of the Genesis arcade game is more of an advantage, in his opinion. Yeah. And I agree. And Kevin, I think, would say the same. Yeah. And then the one thing is is that the I said that the crossbow needed to be mentioned because after the first level, it makes things much easier. And then one guy goes, especially with the homing crossbow, which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that actually makes, he said it kind of like breaks the game, in his opinion, makes it way too easy with those kind of power-ups. Can make it hard, too, because that thing will get stuck spinning and you can't throw again, though, with the homing part. Yeah. Remember that, Kyle, when you couldn't throw? Yeah, like we were talking about with the Zoras. Yeah, it's just nuts. Level two of the Zora wannabes. And then there was a whole back and forth talking about the crossbow. <laughs> yeah. And the final post in the in the thread was the double jump from a different person. The double jump probably makes this the easiest of the three games. However, it's still no cakewalk, which is 100% true. Regardless if it makes it a little easier, it's still ridiculously hard, the game. And I, I agree. Oh, man. I fucking love it. Tough game, but very, very satisfying. And now we're just going to the graphics, because it's yes. gorgeous, uh, especially for an early SNES game. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah, because this was released right near the beginning, right? It had the Did it have the original cartridge design? Yeah, it wasn't launch title, right, Kevin? It was. Yeah, it was like right after the launch titles. It's really close to the beginning, though. It was 91, and when was the Super Nintendo released? 90? 91, I thought, but it was like earlier 91, and this was uh, like late 91 that the game came out. Yeah, because the game was released in November of 91. So, let's see what the Super Nintendo release date is. Yes. Gotta gotta look it up real quick. Gotta love the, the Wikipedia answers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it was August 23rd, 91. Yep. And Ghouls and Ghosts was really, released uh, a couple months later. Three months later. Close. It's really close to being a launch title. A lot of, um, there's a lot of Mode 7. Well, like the throbbing guts level. That's Mode 7 world. That's a ton in that level. Yeah. It's almost sickening. Exactly. There's some in the very beginning when they zoom into the castle through the window. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. There's some with the boss at the end of level 3 when it, like, comes out. The circle, the circle you boss. The yeah, doesn't it do boss. some crazy thing where... It zooms in and out when it comes at you, yeah. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, like, you could get seasick from level four, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the teacups. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I played so many times in a row, too, because I kept dying. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you got to memorize every little thing about it to get past. I hate those little devil guys, man, little, like, nymphs. Oh, yeah, they're annoying as shit, and they're definitely Dude. a... Uh, they were in level two of Ghosts and Goblins, and annoying as shit. Man. Uh, that's another cool thing. A lot of, same bad guys make a reappearance. Oh, yeah. Which is very fun. Very cool. Like, those shield guys, they're, like, bigger, but they're in the snow level, level five, that, like, go up and down. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. The ghosts in the forest. What did, what did they do yeah. in the original Ghosts and Goblins? Like, wacka, wacka, wacka. Yeah. <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah. It was, like, paramedics flying by. Hell yeah. So classic. Wacko, wacko, wacko. <laughs> it had a different form of those ghosts that made the their own weird little sound, right? 
Yeah. And they were like yellow. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's Super awesome. Super ghouls and ghosts, they like form randomly, which can be annoying as fuck. Oh, yeah. You, like the first couple of times you play the ghost ship, like you're going to die because you're going to figure out where to go and those ghosts are going to gang rape you. Like like a fucking, like you're in prison. It's going to be bad. Yeah, so it's almost like you keep moving at all times, but those pendulums in level two, they like, they're like axe pendulums. Yeah, and they make you wait a minute and, ah, uh, killer. Killer Queen and Kevin. Kevin was was keeping up though. Like he was like relieving me every once in a while. Nice. Right Good to have Plan B. You know. Was that with the game, or was that uh, relieving you in other ways, Kyle? <laughs> Just game relief with booze and pizza and uh, pizza and booze and stogies. And Candace, Candace made me a bruschetta, man. That Hell was yeah. awesome. So thank you, Candace. Grumble, grumble. Yeah, she's all over that. Grumble, grumble. Yep. And the cappuccino is great too, man. Oh yeah, I gotta keep them. Gotta keep them <laughs> wired. <laughs> so, uh, so grumble, grumble. We definitely need to uh, end her with the um, a grade. All right. Oh man, I just keep giving everything A's and A pluses, but goddamn, it's got a, it's an A plus to me. A plus for Kyle. Yeah. What, what about you, Kevin? Since you want to shelf this. Oh. Well, just because I shelf it doesn't mean that's bad, and this has got to be a good grade for everybody to understand. I would, I'd love to give it an A plus, but I can only give it an A just because I'm biased towards how I like to fight with all directions, and I don't care for the double jump mechanic. But overall, it's still a good game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an extremely difficult game, but it's very learnable. I mean, it's it's yeah. an A, it's an A all day. Like, yeah, A I, A no matter what. Still. I I wouldn't have it be an A plus. Just because there's, you know, there's little slowdown in it. <laughs> yeah, that don't help. I used it to my advantage, Me but too, there, man. there, there is. So. I mean, but yeah, it's it's definitely a solid A game for sure. Like I, I will, yep. I'm not surprised. <laughs> like yeah. it's, and the thing is about our homework is, is that we want to play amazing games, so it <laughs> won't be a surprise. Like it's just if something doesn't meet our expectations, we're gonna destroy it. Just like we destroy anything that we don't care about or it's messed up in the gaming community. We call it like it is. So it is what it is, right? Pretty right. much. Always will be. Exactly. Super ghouls and ghosts, a game. What are we going to do for the next homework game? I mean, I have a list of, like, five games that we talked about weeks back. Well, we could do, like, Splatterhouse or something, if you want. I know we got a, we got Kyle's PC Engine Masterpiece. We got a Genesis Masterpiece and a Super Nintendo Masterpiece that we need to, we need to tackle. Uh, we did Super Nintendo, so let's do a different system. So, this PC Engine Masterpiece is Spriggan. Spriggan? What's this one about? It's for PC Engine CD, actually. Spriggan oh, wow. is a PC Engine masterpiece. Uh, it's a shmup, though, Kevin. I don't know if you want if you're in the mood yeah. for our shmup. Hell so yeah! That's let's get. I'm not going to be able to beat it, but I'll enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, Spriggan is definitely a, a hidden gem on the freaking the Turbo Graphics PC Engine exclusive. Yes, Japanese exclusive PC Engine CD. And then the um, Genesis game that we need to play is a little game called Musha. Oh yeah, isn't that another shooter? Yeah, it's it's all the same family. Yeah. Okay. And then Super Nintendo, we need to play Hagane. Like, yeah, without a doubt. 
That's a side scroller. But if we're not going to play a shooter for the Genesis, when we want to play Genesis, we could jump on some Gunstar Heroes. Oh yes, this game's oh, awesome yeah. as fuck. So those are like the four that aren't Halloween themed that we need to float around for a little bit. It's just what genre do we want to do? Like a run and gun, like a, a Gunstar Heroes or a, a Hagane, where it's more like I could do Gunstar Heroes because I haven't played it much, so I wouldn't mind trying to beat that son of a bitch. Yeah, I think we could even do Splatterhouse now and then just do Splatterhouse Two on Halloween. Well, if yeah, if you want to do something like that, I mean, Splatterhouse One is only on the Turbo Graphics. So I played Splatterhouse cool a million times. The yes, thing. I pretty oh, much okay. have too. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I would love to do a a Splatterhouse One Two homework episode. Like we just play both of them, and it's two weeks anyways that we get to play the games nowadays. So oh, one and two, okay. Because I wouldn't dedicate a ton of time to Part One. Yeah, you could get part one beat in a day if you really tried. Yeah, I've already done a bunch, but two exactly. is, I've never really gave it a, like, a college try. Two's tough. I've never beaten two either, so, and I have both, so. I've gotten far, but I've never beaten two. Not without Game Genie. Ninja Warriors <laughs> is another one that we need to play for SNES. Um, yes. Uh, also, Space Megaforce, which is another, like, shoot 'em up a compile. I mean, they're all great and all. I'd just try to split up the genres. Don't do back-to-back yeah, shoot-em-ups is what exactly. I'd say. But Hagane is like the shit. Now, that's we a platformer on steroids. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Our Halloween, another Halloween game besides for Splatterhouse, we'll have to have for October will be Zombies Ain't My Neighbors. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe Ghoul Patrol at some point. Yes. What's Ghoul Patrol? The sequel. sequel. Oh, it's a sequel? Okay, I didn't know. Have have you both played a lot of Zombies at My Neighbors? Oh yeah, I've only played a couple levels. It's it's fun, but it's more fun with two players. I never really got into it single player. Me and Dobbin, man, <laughs> used to play the shit out of that game. Yeah, so definitely those would be good for Halloween time frame, which will be in like not this homework or the next homework, but the one after yeah. that. Okay. And then we'll have, we'll have two Halloween-themed games in a row, so that way they, they hit around October time frame. we got to time them properly. Yeah, i got to think of the Thanksgiving games, which are always tough. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks killing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, I think really the only theme we'll do is probably Halloween. Halloween. And, yeah, maybe a Christmas game. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, we'll dig something up for Christmas. Well, there's always 8-Bit Xmas. That's right. Just pop it in and you're done. <laughs> exactly. So um, we should definitely uh, take a break and we'll uh, you know, start up our second parter, which is always the next episode. What do we choose for the game? Do we choose Hagane or what? Was it Spriggan? We going to do Gunstar Heroes or Hagane? Oh, yeah, let's do Gunstar Heroes. Gunstar Heroes is our next homework, and then we foreshadowed a bunch of future ones, too, for Season 2. Pretty cool. Sounds good. All so right. Gunstar Heroes will be our next one. Um, and thank you for listening to the homework episode for Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Been amazing. Love y'all. See you later. later. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. 
leave a message on one of Kevin's videos on YouTube. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo. Take it easy, guys. Later.